You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. And, Ian, the Red Sox continue to play great baseball. In fact, as we record this, they've kind of finally jumped over the Baltimore Orioles for sole possession of first place in the American League East. Um, some some bad news as far as injuries go. We'll get into a little bit later in the podcast. But let's start with the good news. And we got to start with Jackie Bradley Jr., who continues to go with this hitting streak. In fact, he's officially halfway to Joe DiMaggio right now. 28-game hit streak, which uh, as far as all-time Red Sox hit streak, puts him in a good place. It ties him with Wade Boggs. And then the only players with longer hit streaks in Red Sox history, Johnny Damon, 29 games in 05, Nomar Garcia-Para, and Tris Speaker both went 30 games. Tris Speaker back in 1912. And then Dom DiMaggio, Joe's brother, has the longest hit streak in Red Sox history, uh, 34 games. And I know Red Sox fans would say the the better of the DiMaggio brothers. But uh, as far as Bradley goes, it hasn't just been hits. He's he's driven the ball. He's hit home runs. He's had multi-hit games. Um, he's carried this team at points. Um, is there anything that stood out the most to you as far as these 28 games? Yeah, a couple of things. First of all, it's just his approach at the plate is exquisite right now where he's swinging his pitch. And you look at um, you know Saturday's game, the Indians kind of made a conscious decision that they were going to pitch around Bradley, and he waited for his walk, waited for his walk, and then he still got his hit late in the game. So just the discipline he's showing and also the authority he's hitting the ball with. You know, I think sometimes you can have um, almost a soft hitting streak where you're just kind of uh, you know blooping in that single at some point. There's been nothing soft about this streak. So, I mean, he's hitting laser beams to the wall, hitting lasers over the wall, hitting the ball in the gap. Even the singles are hit hard. So it's just been a really impressive streak to watch. He's doing it against righties and lefties. He's doing it against aces and uh, lesser pitchers. So the streak, he's really, uh, he's really run the gamut here. I mentioned the the injuries, um, and one of them is Brock Holt, who the the concussion. Um, so you know he'll be back at, at some point. Um, gave Blake Swihart a chance to come back up um, for a bit, uh, but the big one, Carson Smith, Tommy John surgery, and I know there was never anything official, but it always felt like maybe we were heading in this direction yeah. with Carson Smith, just because of the arm action, because of the what was bothering him. Even though they, I know they had done previous MRIs and, and he had been fine, and, and but it just felt like this was inevitable, and now you have it. Um, he was supposed to be a big piece of this bullpen, and now they won't have him all year. Yeah, you know, it's a big, uh, you know, it's hard to say it's a big loss because they haven't really had him to begin with. He's only pitched three times, but um, it's a big loss in terms of projections and what they were expecting from him this season. And not only that, Tim, but what they were expecting him um, to take away workload-wise from the rest of the bullpen. The hope of Carson Smith was, hey, this is a guy who closed last year. He can get Kimbrell a day off. Uh, He worked the eighth inning last year. He can get Koji a day off. And he can obviously work the seventh inning. He can get his hour a day off, but now all of a sudden you're not going to have him, so you don't have what you thought was going to be a really dominant pitcher. So they need kind of Matt Barnes and Heath Hembry and Robbie Ross Jr. They need him to sort of pitch those innings that they had forecasted uh, for Carson Smith. And, uh, yeah, with the sidearm delivery, kind of a violent motion, you know, it's probably not um, earth-shattering that this happened, and the hope is that he can come back as good as new and give the Red Sox two to three good years, because uh, they, still they still have quite a big, bit of uh, contractual control over this guy. Um, he wasn't even eligible for, uh, you know, he only had one year of service time going into this year. So they still control him for about four more seasons a- after this one. And maybe in, in 2017, he kind of becomes that 
trade deadline type ad just as he comes back healthy. Um, but as far as that goes, I mean, when you look at this team that, that hopes to continue to stay in the race here all season long, uh, maybe if they weren't thinking they would have to add bullpen help, they have to be thinking that now, right? At some point along yeah. the way, they're going to have to add something out there. Yeah, I think at some point, you know, I think Dave Dombrowski is really looking at that more as far as July right now. And he's thinking that right now they can sort of stay the course here um, with the guys they have. And, hey, uh, pretty soon if you have Eduardo Rodriguez coming back to the rotation, um, you know, you have maybe uh, you move one of your starters to the bullpen. You know, obviously Joe Kelly pitched a phenomenal game the other day, so you're not thinking about him in terms of bullpen right now. But if he regresses at all, you know, maybe he, he could be that setup guy you need for a while. Uh, you know, Clay Buckles really hasn't pitched well this year, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. Uh, so it will be, uh, you know, it will be intriguing to see how they sort of fill this, uh, this bullpen hole in light of Carson's injury. Let's talk about Joe Kelly because what a return to the team he made. No hitter into the seventh. He ends up going six and two-thirds, just the one hit, uh, scoreless innings. He struck out seven along the way. This seemed like uh, a different Joe Kelly than we had seen before the injury. I agree, Jim. And I think what happened was that Joe spent his injury really talk about uh, Terry Francona used to talk about turning negatives into a positive, and I think that's what um, Joe Kelly did during his time on the on the DL here, where he really used that time uh, to rebuild his arm and to rebuild his arm strength and to really do a lot of strengthening exercises with the trainers. And you could see that he went out there um, with more confidence the other day. He could really rear back and fire, and he knew his shoulder was going to hold up. I think uh, he thinks that his shoulder right now is maybe the strongest that it's ever been. And I think this has been a learning experience for him of what he needs to do going forward as far as maintaining his uh, rehab and strength exercises with the shoulder. So I think, uh, you know, Kelly, it's going to be, uh, you know, I'm curious to see if he can keep this up uh, in his next start. Ian, the Red Sox, um, obviously this offense has has been great, um, but I th- they've done it in a lot of ways. They've obviously hit home runs, um, and, and their big boppers all have gotten off to good starts. But uh, one thing, there's a, have an article on RedSox.com right now, is what they've done on the base paths, because maybe that slips through the cracks. You don't really notice it. But this is a team that I think through, through 43 games a year ago, they were 14 of 19, and this year through 43 games, 31 of 34. I mean, not only is the percentage better, but that's double the stolen bases. Um, and it's not – it's kind of up and down. I mean, you know Betts has been great on the bases, 8 for 8. But then the other guys that you wouldn't think would be stealing bases, like Hanley Ramirez, 4 for 4. Um, this has been a all-around team effort. Is this something that was discussed all the way back into spring training, the fact that maybe they'd be more aggressive? Yeah, well, you know, this is sort of their blueprint in uh, 2013, also when they won the World Series, where uh, John Farrell came out when he was hired as manager and said, look, we're going to be aggressive on the bases, and we're going to be smart on the bases. And that, that team in 2013 really sort of carried that out. And I think what happened the last couple of years, Tim, is you had a younger team and maybe more mistakes on the bases than they, were, than they wanted to make and maybe just not some of the same um, – you know, smart base running. And then this year, a lot of these guys, these younger guys have really come into their own and they're really um, getting a grasp of how to run the bases. You have some really good base runners on this team, uh, you know, between uh, you know, between Mookie Betts and Xander Bogart and uh, J- Jackie Bradley Jr. and even uh, you know, Travis Shaw is a smart base runner. So just, you know, a lot of uh, a lot, Dustin Pedroia, you know, on and on it goes. A lot of, a lot of good base runners on this team. And even Hanley, you know, Hanley's a guy who used to run more and he's in much better shape this year than he was 
last year, so he's able to uh, to to be more aggressive on the base. So you know, other than Poppy <laughs> and your uh, catcher, you know, these, these guys can run a little bit. Hey, I thought Poppy might have a cycle with a triple uh, the <laughs> other day, so don't don't sell him short. Um, uh, one news story that came out this week, Ian, was Brian Johnson, obviously down in in the minor leagues with Pawtucket, but uh, on the inactive list. I know this team had hopes that Brian Johnson would be contributing in Boston at some point this season. Right. It would would need him to. Um, but he, he's seeking treatment for anxiety. Uh, is this something that that he's dealt with in the past, or is this something new that that's affecting Brian Johnson? Yeah, Tim, I'm not sure if he's dealt with it in the past. I I wonder. Um, he had the incident in the offseason where he was actually um, out with a friend in, in Florida and was actually held at gunpoint um, for a, bit, and a little bit of a scary incident. Uh, there was a bullet fire. Nobody was hit. But I just wonder if it's almost like a post-trauma thing, and yeah. that sort of leaked into the season and, and hurt him a little bit because uh, never really uh, heard anything about him dealing with anxiety or anything like that. matter of fact, you always heard about uh, you know, how kind of unnerved, you know, poised he was and things like that but you know you don't you don't know what's going on behind uh closed doors a lot i look forward to the chance to talk to brian hopefully when he comes out on the other side of this but i do wonder tim if you had uh if this is has something to do with that incident i just spoke of in the off season yeah that makes that makes a whole lot of sense um and it'll be interesting to hear the full story and hopefully he comes through this gets the help he needs and and can get back and and not have to deal with that because that goes beyond baseball having to deal with that kind of anxiety and stress all right one more thing before i let you go Ian, uh, Red Sox Hall of Fame weekend over the weekend. Uh, four people going in, Ira Flagstead. Larry Lachino, obviously, been a big part of this ownership group. But then I think the big main draws, Jason Veritek and, and Tim Wakefield going in together. And it seems like since those two guys retired and during their careers, obviously, they've kind of been joined at the hip as far as this organization goes. Yeah, and... Uh Tim, the most funny thing to me about that is that um, Veritek actually barely ever caught Wakefield aside <laughs> right. from in fact, very earlier in his career because in they brought in uh, uh, Doug Mirabelli, who did such a great job catching Wakefield. And there were other guys like Kevin Cash and George Kateris and even uh, Victor Martinez and Salta Lamacchia uh, later in Wakefield's career who did a good job. So Veritek just never had to um, – Veritek didn't really like catching the knuckleball. Uh, but, yeah, they, they, you know, they, are, they played together for so long and um, – I think they, they had a good, close, personal relationship. They respect each other a lot for their mentalities and stuff. And, that you know, they basically spent their whole careers together. You know, if you re- if you really – Jason Veritek's entire time with the Red Sox, Tim Wakefield was there. Wakefield actually got there four years before uh, Jason Veritek – or three years before. So, yeah, I think it was fitting that they went in together. And those are two prominent guys you think of when you think of that great 2004 Red Sox team that everyone's going to love uh, forever. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the more stressful playoff moments I think for Red Sox fans was Veritek trying to catch Wakefield in yeah, the playoffs. He caught, he caught the last one. He caught the last. There was a guy on third in the twelfth uh, or thirteenth inning of Game Five of the ALCS, and uh, I think Ruben Sierra was at the plate, and Veritek just clutched that last pitch. He came off the field, and Wakefield pumped his fist, and I think that was a really the turning point of that game. Uh, because once they got through that and Veritek was able to, after the three pass balls and no more margin for error, was able to really squeeze the one he needed, uh, then I think that created the momentum for Big Poppy to have a second straight uh, walk-off hit in that, in that epic series there. And as we say, the rest is Red Sox history. All right, great stuff as always. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. 
MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.